like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Ross Hamilton on the line. He's the CEO over at Connected Investors. Uh, Ross, welcome to the show. Hey, Adam. Really excited to be here. So, Ross, I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at uh, Connected Investors and how you're helping your community and clients. And I also know you have a revamping of PrivateLenders.com going on and also want to get into funding with you. A lot of, lot of real estate investors, um, a lot of business owners that uh, listen to this podcast. So I know you're the go-to guy, so excited to get into that. But before we do, Ross, let's get a little bit more into your background. So how did you get started really in business and as an entrepreneur? Well, uh my parents were entrepreneurs, which is always uh, which is always great, right? Um, they own their own businesses, so I saw that growing up. But they weren't very successful businesses. Uh, sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, they uh, they didn't have a boss, but they uh, they had their own business in in the trades. So my dad my dad installed uh, installed floors. So I was just uh, I kind of grew up in a semi entrepreneurial uh, household. And I always knew I was going to own my own business, just, I don't know, I just knew I was, wasn't was going to work for someone. I never planned on climbing the corporate ladder. I don't do well with directions of, uh, <laughs> with directions or any sort of, uh, you know, structure. I like to, like to create my own uh, realities. Mm-hmm. So I, I had that kind of just baked in uh, soul at a really, uh, at a really young age. And, um, you know, Adam, I, uh, actually uh, always had a small little business going. I used to uh, sell bagels at school. Um, I used to, uh, you know, I always had something I was doing. And I was also a uh, competitive BMX freestyle rider. So at uh, 15, 16 years old, uh, Dave Mira, who was the Michael Jordan or the Tony wow. Hawk, right? For sure, of, for sure. Of BMX, moved to my town. Oh, so, man. I started riding with him every day. I actually worked for him. He opened up a skate park. He lived at the skate park. It was before yeah. uh, he, was, he was really big. So he lived at the skate park. I worked there. I got to hang out and ride with him all day, every day, from 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. And, um, you know, I had a BMX clothing company. I traveled around the world, in, uh, not the world, uh, uh, the U.S. in a Volkswagen van with kids that I sponsored. And we went to contests. And it was, uh, yeah, it was fun. And I made it just enough selling T-shirts. Uh, to be able to put gas in my car and and get around and do what I loved, so that was uh that was my journey for a while. I had a great mentor. I didn't really consider Dave Mira a mentor. He was just a really great guy I rode bikes with. But he, looking back now, he kind of introduced me to how important mentors were. I got really good really fast because every day I'd spend uh, riding with him. And when you see someone do a, a backflip and they say, you know what, I'm going to touch my tire on the ceiling, and they actually would. It just made the little the little things that you were trying to do seem easy when you're like, oh, I need to figure out how to do a bar spin. Like you just anyway. So surrounding yourself <laughs> awesome. with successful people, you know, really brings things into uh, into reality. So to to answer your question, the way I actually got into business, into real estate, into tech, um, throughout my BMX career, uh, everyone always told me this would happen, but I never believed them. I uh, fell really hard. 
broke my leg in a really crazy way and was in a cast for uh, for over a year. So that whole side of my life kind of disappeared at a critical point in extreme sports, which is, you know, 18, 19 years old, uh, you know, time frame for any of those extreme sports uh, back then was like, you know, like college ball, right? Like you're either going to make it or not. Mm-hmm. That injury yep. put me out for over a year. So basically I had to find a new career path and uh, I got the first job I could, which was actually uh, the title was dumpster diver. I would drive from dumpster to dumpster literally and pick out scrap pad and carpet, and put it in a truck, and bring it back to a warehouse and recycle it. We were doing great for the environment, right? Uh, but it, was, uh, it wasn't it was fun. And I just kind of said, hey, I got to figure something out here. BMX isn't going to work for me. So I went to Barnes & Noble because the internet wasn't really as great as it is uh, today. And I just, I read a book and there was a stat that said 80% of millionaires did it through real estate. And I loved the, uh, the idea of real estate. And I just kind of jumped right into it, just like I jumped on my bike. And that's how I found. Uh, that's how I found real estate. So sorry if the answer oh, was a little man. long. But. No, that's amazing. I mean, come on, not everybody gets to learn basketball from Michael Jordan. Are you kidding me? You're riding bike. Actually, you're riding bikes with Dave Muir. That's crazy. My gymnasium uh, at my high school is Michael J. Uh, Jordan Gymnasium because he he went to school in my uh, my my at my high school. My high school uh, coach was the coach you hear that turned Michael Jordan down. Oh, so wow, Mike, that's awesome. In our uh, little town here in Wilmington, North Carolina. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so obviously, you know, many, many ups and downs and sideways and, and pivots, right? So so originally it may have gone the, the extreme sports route. I mean, a lot of different things could have happened. Um, that being said, you know, obviously now you've, you're a seasoned entrepreneur um, and you have the benefit of hindsight. So if you could go back and tell that Ross that was just getting started with maybe the T-shirt business, I don't know, not the first business as a kid, but, you know, um, um, what kind of advice would you give him? That's a great, um, that's a great question. It's um, starting young was really awesome. So I'm, I'm glad I started as, as young as I did. I got to mess up so much without, uh, without family, uh, the family consequences. Um, but you know, going going back, I've I always could have done better with getting more mentors and stuff. Like I am, I'm the type of guy I just want to do it myself, right? And uh, I've done a good job at hiring and outsourcing. But the faster I would have got there, the better. Um, mm. You know, grabbing the bull by the horns is is great to like get started because you got to do it, you got to grind. But then you get stuck. I've been stuck in the doing phase rather than the managing phase for um, you know for a really long time. It's still something that I, I struggle with today because I love what I do, but it's uh, you know trying to take your hands off the steering wheel. So being able to run That's teams awesome. better is so critically important to scaling scaling a business. So anything around team building and, and stuff like that, uh, the earlier you learn those lessons in your career, the better. That's awesome. Um, let's switch it up, Ross. Uh, let's get more into what you're doing over at uh, Connected Investors or ConnectedInvestors.com. So the world's largest yes. social network of real estate investors. Um, let's there get more go. into that. Yeah, so Connected Investors, um, you know, pick up where I left off. I started uh, investing in real estate, right? And I quickly realized the more people that I was connected with, uh, the more successful I seemed to be, right? Your network is you know, often equal to your net worth. So I really took that to heart, and uh, you know that was right when MySpace first kind of came out. 
and Facebook was only in a few schools. And I tried to use those sites to connect with other uh, real estate investors in my town and in other areas. And it wasn't really working well. So I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to build my own social networking site. No thought, just uh, you know, no deep analysis, just a random thought that I nurtured enough. And uh, I would flip a deal and I'd take the profits from my flip and I'd give it to a developer and he would develop a, a portion of the site. And I had a real, uh, a real problem here because I was making a lot of money flipping real estate, but I was also spending a ton of money uh, developing uh, software. Uh, mm. But it was, it was okay because I was passionate mm. about it. I loved it. Um, I'm not really into, you know, fancy cars and stuff like that. So it was, uh, that was my, that was, that was my release. So we kind of organically grew ConnectedInvestors.com. It started out as a social network for real estate investors, and um, has really blossomed into something, uh, you know, much more, uh, much more than that that helps real estate investors connect with each other, uh, investment opportunities that are not available to the general public, and also uh, private non-bank funding. Let's uh, Speaking of the funding part, I want to spend some time on that piece. So let's talk a little bit also about privatelenders.com. I, I believe you have a revamp coming up and some other things. Yeah, yeah. So um, privatelenders.com is where you can go to have non-bank lenders compete to be your capital partner for your flips and your rentals. Um, I know it seems really kind of obvious, like, hey, I, I search for uh, flights or hotels and I search and sort and figure out, you know, who's going to be best for me based off, you know, what I'm looking for. There was never anything like that available in private, in the private funding world. It's always been like a good old boys network. So I was actually training for an, uh, an Ironman triathlon. And another individual that was training was the CEO of a company called Lending Trade. Uh, ever heard of it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Lending yeah. is big. Yeah, exactly. So me and the founder and CEO of that company um, kind of became buddies and, you know, we trained together, go for runs and stuff. And I was talking to him about funding in the real estate investment world. And he's like, man, it sounds like back in 95, how fragmented and hard it was for people to get loans on their houses. Um, so he became on, he came on board as a, you know, an investor and a mentor in our company and helped us formulate a solution um, almost identical to lending tree in the private and hard money lending world uh, for real estate investors to be able to shop for uh, a funding partner. So, wow. That's, that's pretty amazing. Like that's huge. Yeah, it's simple too. It's like the simple ideas that work, right? It's like this model works in every other industry, but the the, the private lending world, the hard money world, has been this like good old boys network of good people and then also really bad people, scammers and spammers. We get a lot of bad characters that are that are literally scamming people and taking money, um, shut down and uh, you know not arrested unfortunately yet. But we've had a lot of bank accounts frozen of uh, of these fake, uh, you know, hard money lending scams, private money lending scams. So all I'll say, I can go deep into some of those conversations, but high level, if it sounds good, too good to be true, and someone's just going to give you money at an amazing rate with none of, with not asking many questions, they're scamming you, right? <laughs> yeah. And you don't know them, and never ever send your money to their attorney. It's not really an attorney, you know. Be in control of where the money where the money goes, but we've uh, we've we've helped uh, you know the authorities track a lot of those bad players down. Um, wow! But that aside, in our network, everyone is mm -hmm. is verified, and uh, you can go there and just have good, real, uh, private, hard money lenders compete to be your funding partner. 
Any kind of comments just in, uh, or any trends, I should say, in like fintech and real estate? I mean, you're, you're just of that world. So you come, I think what's really unique about your background is you obviously had this passion for technology, but you also started with real estate so long ago. So I mean, to grow this network as large as you have, I mean, you're, you're one of the first guys. I mean, you were doing this a long time ago. Um, almost a, um, that's crazy. Almost a million members on connectedinvestors.com. I mean, that's huge. Um, so, so when I ask you that question, I just feel like you have a different vantage point on what's going on in some of the technology and real estate side of things, fintech-wise. Any any kind of trends you care to comment on? Sure. There's a lot going on, man, and it's uh, exciting and scary at the same time. Uh, so, I actually just got off the phone with uh, with one of the CEOs of one of these companies. A lot of the big iBuyers that are coming out now, these Wall Street-backed real estate investors that are coming into the market are uh, really changing the dynamics of all of the markets, the, the open doors, the offer pads, all of those uh, sites out there. They, are, they have unlimited capital, and they don't even really care to make money on their flips. So they're squeezing margins. I know it sounds crazy, but wow. they're trying to prove things rather than make money. They make money in weird ways with fees and stuff, and it's just, uh, you know, they can buy properties at such a higher LTV than the average real estate investor because they just don't, they're not worried about making money on that one property. They want to make a little bit of money on 10,000 properties rather than $10,000 on one property, you know? So wow. that, that trend is exciting and scary. Um, some of the opportunities that exist is they don't like properties that need a lot of rehab, mm-hmm. right? So uh, a lot of these companies are starting to have portals to where verified investors can, uh, you know, get access to their deals that are need to that, that that they don't want. But basically they're just mm-hmm. recycling their their, you know, their crap. Inventory. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. so oh, it's, like, it's like a bank being able to say, "Hey, we don't want these loans. Take them." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cuz exactly. they do good marketing, right? Cuz they do good marketing. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So you have these big i buyers coming in and uh now just recently uh OfferPad is one of them. They just teamed up with Keller Williams. So oh, wow. here's here's what's going to happen. Every single real estate uh, agent, Mm -hmm. when they go to list a property, will give a listing and an offer. So you can list it for this price, or we can buy it right now for this price. So that is, uh, wow, that's just what's happening. People don't really realize that it's it's already happening. Uh, They're only, the thing is, these iBuyers are growing slow. They go there market by market, city by city. so, but they're out there. So they'll literally yeah. kill. Have they killed any markets yet to where it's just obvious? I don't know well, what people, cities they're in. People are wholesaling. No, people are wholesaling. Okay. And they're, wow. they're, they're perplexed in the money that they're, they're paying to these, uh, these wholesalers are getting like way more than they think they should mm. for these houses. They're kind of like confused. And then they watch how much the iBuyer sells the house for. And they're like, you've lost money on that. You should keep buying them. It's just this new machine that's, uh, also, kind of propping up the market, perhaps. Like these For iBuyers, sure, absolutely. Yeah, they didn't exist last time there was a crash. So it's like a whole new combination on the, uh, um, you know, the crazy wow. code trying to figure out uh, to the economy. So the iBuyers are, are here. That's the big thing. They're teaming up with all the big um, uh, agencies out there, and that's that's kind of the, the big trend that's happening uh, right now. 
Wow, that's a, that. Yeah, that's definitely that's going to change the entire dynamic of the market. You talk about, um, you know, what's happened in the past with the lending side. I would have to argue this probably trumps that. If somebody, uh, I mean, all, all if they're holding the actual asset too and having to sell it, and geez, city by city, like you said, that's that's kind of scary stuff. Um, so what do you think's next for um, for connected investors for you? I mean, you're growing the network, you're you're providing more value. What do you think is next for this uh, huge platform you've been able to create? Yeah, so you know, we go, real estate investors have two problems: like where do I get the deal, and then where do I get the money? Right? They're kind of you flip flop back and forth over and over again. Um, those are the two big big things there. So in our opinion, we've really solved the funding problem in a very modern way. So all of our focus is 100% on finding, solving the deal finding problem and mm. uh, allowing you to be able to compete with some of the iBuyers. Like an iBuyer, I was just on the phone with one of them and they were trying to figure out uh, some of the techniques that we uh, were able to empower our, our members with. And I kept all of my information very close to the chest because I was picking their brain, they were, they were picking mine. But mm. the... Uh, what we're doing for you know for our members is giving them the same data, the same uh, advantages, and you know front of the line passes, for lack of a better word, that these big eye buyers have when trying to target individuals that um, that may be motivated to sell at a uh, at a discount. So we have uh, we've bought every single bit of data that's possibly available. Um, Adam, I even bought every single person's contact data in the entire United States. Every, all your neighbors, all your friends, anyone you go to church with. That's <laughs> awesome. Because our members, they want to be able to contact people, and we want to be able to provide them access to um, faster means of communicating with motivated sellers outside of direct mail. So to really, to really like answer your question, we're giving the, uh, you know, the average real estate investor the same intelligence the same uh, information that the big eye buyers have, so they can be, uh, you know, competitive at least in their uh, at least in their market. That's fantastic. Uh, so Ross, if somebody wants more information, um, what, what's the best way for them to get it? Yeah, well, ConnectedInvestors.com is kind of the gateway to everything, um, and also our mobile, the mobile ConnectedInvestors.com app is in a league all of its own. Um, you can download that. You can see all the investors right around you, all the properties right around you. You can have conversations with people in your uh, in your you know city about real estate investing, so it's like a 24-hour RIA basically. So the Connected Investors app, if you're listening to this podcast, you know just go ahead and search Connected Investors, download the app, give us a good uh, give us a good rating, and yeah, that's probably the best way, Adam. That's awesome, Ross. Well, hey, um, really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing more about the awesome work you're doing over at Connected Investors. And uh, congrats again on the PrivateLenders.com revamp. I mean, that's awesome. Pretty groundbreaking work you're doing there. Uh, I hope, uh, to the audience, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And Ross, thanks again for coming on the show. 